Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 13th day of May. In the year of our Lord, 2022, I will be talking about and looking at some recent actions of the U.S. in Ukraine, which caused me to question whether the administration is trying to provoke direct war with Russia in place of the proxy war it is now waging with Ukrainian blood and American treasure. A second name for this castle report might be Mind Your Own Business. That is a concept that is completely lost on American politicians today because minding our own business is the one thing they will not do. They want to stick our collective fingers in every rattlesnake's nest they find in this world but do anything to protect our border? No, not on your life. Will they do anything about rising food and fuel costs? Not likely. Reports indicate that food and fuel will cost the average American family an extra $3,000 this year, but pay increases are hard to come by. In other words, we are getting poorer each and every day, but at least Ukraine gets its weapons. How about the coming food shortage that threatens every American? No time for that. But war on the other side of the planet, we're all in. We can't wait. The U.S. seems to be pursuing a course of action in Ukraine, which puts it in direct conflict with Russia. By direct, I mean outside the obvious proxy war that Washington loves so much. It is a dangerous gamble, but one the administration is obviously willing to make with our lives as the stake. Once again, I ask myself, if the shoe were on the other foot, what would the U.S. do? These proxy wars have been fought before between the powers surviving World War II since that war ended. For example, in Korea, the UN army led by the United States was opposed by Communist China and Russia. Direct intervention by China and proxy intervention by Russia, Vietnam was similar in that both China and Russia supplied weapons and intelligence to fight the U.S. enemy. It was Russian technology and Russian air defense systems that allowed North Vietnam to shoot down so many U.S. warplanes, killing and imprisoning the pilots. That situation should have ended with the fall of the Soviet Union, but no, here we go again. This time the situation is reversed, the U.S. supplying the weapons, technology, and intelligence to kill Russians. The question for discussion and the danger point is how close this administration is coming to direct involvement in the war. I was a child during Korea, but I do read a lot. And I certainly remember Vietnam and what happened during that roughly 15-year struggle. I can't recall a single instance of Chinese and Russian assistance in killing Americans in which they openly laughed at the U.S., openly mocked U.S. leadership. I don't know if it was respect among enemies or just a fear of confronting a nuclear-armed superpower, especially in Korea when the U.S. was the only nuclear-armed superpower. I suspect it was that both sides recognized the wars as struggles between two competing world systems for world domination and therefore nothing personal. Today, in contrast, the U.S. is openly killing Russians, destroying Russian war materials, including capital ships, then not only laughing about it, but dancing on the graves of dead Russians. Let me try to explain what I mean by that and why this policy is so dangerous. I wonder what the strategic value is, if any, in the following U.S. actions. U.S. officials told NBC News that the U.S. did play a role in sinking the flagship of the Russian Black Sea fleet, the Moskva, or in English, the Moscow, 
I tried to analyze the sinking before the U.S. not only admitted it, but bragged about it. And I could not make sense of it, given that the Moscow was specifically designed for air defense and was more than 100 miles offshore. I could just not see any way the Ukrainians could have done it. The missiles used were subsonic and old technology and should have been easy prey for the Moscow's anti-missiles defense system. But apparently... The ship's radar system was confused by a large influx of armed drones which appeared to be attacking. At the same time, the U.S. officials said the Ukrainians asked them about a ship in the Black Sea, and they were told by U.S. intelligence it was the Moskva. Then the Ukrainians targeted the ship. The U.S. was not involved in the decision to strike. Well, yeah, right. I know the intelligence was only shared to help Ukraine defend itself from attack by Russian ships. But if I don't believe it, I doubt if Putin believes it. So what is the danger here? The danger, again, is escalation of a small regional conflict into a full-blown war. Why? Because I doubt whether Putin will be able to let this pass. The U.S. best case assisted in sinking his flagship and that demands retaliation. Time will tell. If it comes, and if so, in what form, it seems that, quote, senior American officials, end quote, just can't act like they've been there before, as Coach Bear Bryant used to tell his players when they got to the end zone. These U.S. officials just can't seem to resist dancing in the end zone. Russian assistants killed a lot of U.S. flyers in Vietnam, but I don't recall any end zone dances in public view if the Moscow were all. It would be plenty, but there's more. At least 12 Russian generals that we know of have died in the war. They were targeted by U.S. intelligence for the Ukrainians. 12 generals killed in action in less than three months is astonishing. So one must admit the U.S. ability to locate anyone, anytime, anywhere is amazing. According to reports from NBC News, the New York Times, and others, the targeting help is part of a classified effort by the Biden administration to provide real-time battlefield intelligence to Ukraine. That intelligence includes Russian troop movements and obviously the ranks and identities of the officers leading those movements. That data, along with new U.S.-supplied 175-millimeter howitzers, allow the Ukrainians to put massive artillery shells on pinpoint locations. The level of intelligence has few, if any, precedents in the history of warfare. The U.S. intelligence capability, along with billions of dollars, Worth of the most advanced weaponry has bolstered the Ukrainian army to the point where it reportedly now has more functional tanks than the Russians. Targeting the Russian high command is another escalation, along with the Moskva. And if Putin doesn't do something about it, my guess is he risks being deposed. He's smart enough to understand that, but although the Americans would dance on his grave, his replacement would probably be worse. This is so bad. Even Thomas Friedman of the New York Times is scratching his head and wondering, why? How does this public disclosure, this bragging, help the U.S. in any way? Friedman quoted Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin when Austin said that we want to weaken Russia. Then he went on to say this, uh, quote, Please tell me this statement was a result of a National Security Council meeting led by the president and that they decided after carefully weighing all the second and third order consequences that it is in our interest and within our power to so badly degrade Russia's military that it will not be able to project power again. Soon? Ever? Not clear. 
and that we can do that without risking a nuclear response from a humiliated Putin. Have no doubts. I hope this war ends with Russia's military sharply degraded and Putin out of power. I'd just never say so publicly. If I were in leadership, because it buys you nothing and can potentially cost you a lot, there's been way too much of this from the Biden team and the messes have required too much mopping up, end quote. Well, yes, Thomas, you would not say it publicly because even though you are a Democrat, you are apparently sane. Insane people say things like this administration has said publicly because it is, in effect, a dare to Putin. I dare you to do something in retaliation like attack a NATO target. The result of that dare, if called, would most likely get the U.S. directly into war with Russia. Could that be the actual desire of those running the Biden administration? I hope and pray that these people are just lunatics, folks, not homicidal lunatics. Most of the reports I read from the U.S. and European sources say that the likelihood that Ukraine can defeat Russia and when the war is increasing, that belief probably prevents the U.S. from demanding or even seeking a diplomatic solution. War planners are willing to flirt with Armageddon to achieve their goal of a new American century and the Great Reset, it seems. It concerns me that U.S. officials have that smug smile on their faces that would make anyone want to slap it off, let alone Vladimir Putin. Even the Council on Foreign Relations has spoken on behalf of the U.S., providing every weapon, every piece of intelligence it takes for Ukraine to win. Max Boot, Mr. Neocon himself, speaks in his CFR article about inflicting a humiliating defeat on Russia. I wonder if the CFR endorsement of U.S. policy answers any questions about U.S. policy. Max Boot considers Putin's repeated threats about tactical nuclear weapons to be bluffing. Again, I wonder if this administration, perhaps following the guidance or encouragement of the CFR and other global organizations, wants to provoke Russia into retaliation, in which all bets would be off and a full NATO response could be justified. I'm afraid the U.S. is developing a carefree attitude because of Putin's lack of response thus far. Ukraine is getting stronger. With better equipment arriving daily, Russia appears to be getting weaker, more depleted each day. I just wonder if this wounded bear is still very dangerous. Putin has been maimed and weakened. His military has been exposed, at least to this point, as second-rate. But why taunt him? It violates Sun Tzu's rules of war to do so. Sun Tzu said that when your enemy is weak and defeated, offer him a golden bridge over which he can retreat. Right now, Putin and Russia... Their pride has been wounded before the whole world. Putin reportedly has cancer and will need an operation that will reportedly keep him out of power for about three days. His appointed interim, a notorious hardliner from Russian intelligence right now, I submit, right now would be a good time to seek a diplomatic solution. The chances of the devastating and humiliating Russian defeat are growing stronger and at the same time, American officials are bragging that they are largely responsible for it. There are ominous signs coming from Moscow that would give anyone other than Joe Biden pause to stop and think. Russian news reports are quite different from those we are exposed to here in the U.S. Russian intelligence and Russian hardliners, especially military veterans, are demanding that Putin quit showing restraint and deal their enemy a blow that will wipe that smug smile I alluded to off their faces. Has he shown restraint? Who can say? 
but they certainly think so. Don't give in to Putin's nuclear blackmail, the hawks say. They don't seem to realize that Ukraine is vitally important to Russia's security. I doubt if Putin will give up his land bridge to Crimea, certainly not Crimea itself. The possibility of a catastrophic defeat of a great power, a heavily nuclear-armed great power, consequences of that doesn't seem to occur to the hawks i just don't see russian russians losing their black sea fleet their army in ukraine just shrugging it off the risk that u.s officials are taking are careless and gamble not just their lives but ours in conclusion president biden asked congress for 33 billion more dollars of debt to aid ukraine but congress said no we're not going to give you 33 billion dollars we're going to give you 40 billion dollars more than half of that in weapons and the rest in various boondoggles, including $900 million for aid to Ukrainian refugees in the U.S. The vote was 368 for and 57 against. The U.S. currently $31 trillion in debt. That is admitted, and on the books, that $40 billion is about $125 for every man, woman, and child in the U.S., since only about 50% now pay income tax, that's about $250 for each of them. Finally, folks, this is absolute madness and lunacy. Are the people who voted for this $40 billion lunatics? Are they mo- motivated by profit? Because, after all, most of the money goes right in the pocket of U.S. weapons manufacturers. Perhaps they're neither. Simply obey the commands of a higher authority. My best guess is that most of them are a combination of all three things. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.